a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back. Inside Sources. Marty Carpenter sitting in today for Boyd Matheson. I want to talk about one of these things that one of these cool things that goes on in our state that I, I learned about a little bit as a former member of the Board of Trustees at Weber State University, where some really cool things are going on when it comes to energy efficiency, renewable energy. And it's just one of those gems in our state that I think more people need to know about. And I wanted to welcome in Brad Mortensen, president of Weber State University. President Mortensen, thanks so much for taking a little time with us today. Marty, thank you so much. It's uh, always exciting to have a chance to catch up with you. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Doing great. Uh, so for those who don't know, give us just an overall view of what's happening at Weber State when it comes to renewable energy and energy efficiency on campus. Yes. Uh, so we really are um, one of the, as you said, unknown leaders in this area in the state, and especially you know, it, when, it, when it comes to saving money financially, when it comes to our carbon emissions on uh, not so great air quality days. Uh, you know, we just think this is an important thing to do for the university to be a leader in this area. Uh, and so we started actually in 2007 when then President Ann Milner signed uh, the president's climate commitment to be carbon neutral by 2050. And uh, and since then, our folks have just really gone gangbusters with it. We've uh, implemented all kinds of strategies and are on track to, to do that. As, as a trustee, you know, you approved our strategic plan to to put us on track to do that by uh, 2040. And uh, we've just really been able to achieve a lot of savings, uh, decrease our carbon emissions, and ha- have a positive impact all around campus. Yeah, you know, there are usually two big arguments for energy efficiency and, and sort of environmentalism in general, save money or save the planet. And and we were stated sort of like, why not do both? So just tell us a little bit about why energy efficiency, responsible environmental impact are important to you personally and to the university. Well, you know, we we really had it was a really broad based um, project that got started on campus, both amongst our faculty and our facilities management folks. And they said, let's let's see what we can do in terms of of achieving those two goals of of being more efficient with our resources as an institution, but having a positive impact on the climate. And uh, so we started by trying to do as much uh, just energy efficiency uh, as we could, whether it's, you know, replacing light bulbs and that kind of thing that we're all familiar with. But uh, really part of the plan was uh, we've done things like we now have three underground fields of campus that are filled with pipes. And these, you know, we're not piping water out of the ground. We, we take the the water for our, either our heater heating or cooling system, depending on what time of year it is. And we circulate it through these pipes that go 400 feet under the ground and that either preheats or pre-cools the water and it saves us 80% of the energy
energy that it would take to to heat it up, you know, to heat our campus. And so we've mm-hmm. gotten rid of one of our boilers. Um, we've cut our natural gas emissions by almost half over the 10, 11 years now that we've been working on this. And it's just, it, it, it's positive uh, uh, all across, across the campus. Another thing that you've got going up there that I, I think is cool and wish had been in place when I was a student and had to park my car out in either the sunshine or the cold, the, the covered parking with the solar panels on top. You want to just walk us through what that brings yeah. to campus and, and how that's helpful? Yeah, so we have uh, one, just one right now and plans for more, but one of our parking lots is covered with uh, solar panels on the Ogden campus, and that feeds about 80% of the energy needs that we have in one of our new buildings, Linquist Hall. Our Davis campus in Layton, we have a seven-acre solar field there uh, adjoining the, the buildings out there. And, and that really generates all of the, all of the energy for the, the Davis campus, or, or it offsets at least all the energy we consume. And so uh, there have been some real uh, innovative things that we've done, and, and, and our, our team on this is just amazing. I mean, they call themselves fiscal environmentalists. And uh, they just um, are always pushing the bounds of new technologies. Just, you know, we've been able to retrofit buildings. So every office, every classroom has its own thermostat. And we're, but yet we're saving energy as we do that. So the, the, the comfort that the students and faculty and staff have at Weber State has gone up. And yet we've saved energy, saved our carbon footprint and saved money. You mentioned the the piping underground to to cool or heat the water using some natural forces to do that. Um, is that something that is unique to Weber State in the sense that where you sit on the bench, the campus, that that's more possible because of that, or is that something that really any any building, any you know, any campus or any city could to do something like that? You know, we uh, I appreciate you asking that, Marty, because. Uh, some people think that there are, you know, Yellowstone-like geothermal forces underneath the campus at Weber State that are feeding all this uh, uh, efficiency that we've generated. But there is a there is a constant temperature of the Earth underground. It's in the I think it's like 52, 54 degrees. Our our folks know this, and so all you have to do is circulate the water deep enough for long enough, and it you can achieve that saving. So this is possible really wherever you're at. Can you give me an idea of, I mean, not down to the penny or anything, but what was the investment like to make that possible? Yeah, so that's that's another thing that we did is, is at the time when we started, it was uh, there were a lot of companies out there that were offering to to come in and invest in the infrastructure on campus, and then you pay them back with interest and and pay them to do the investments. And our team looked at it and said, hey, you know, we can we can do these types of upgrades for less than the companies are charging it and we can finance it ourselves. So we, we lend ourselves kind of an internal revolving fund of $5 million and uh, have been able to pay that back time over and time over again now um, with a little bit of interest, more interest than we were earning through our um, investment pool that we're required to have as a public institution. And so it's been, it's been a win in terms of uh, financially being beneficial to the university from an investment side, uh, in terms of being able to just fund that ourselves and have that regenerating pool of money to take the savings and then invest that in, in more projects. And, and the payoff of those is, you know, we kind of did the low-hanging fruit first, but 
you know, we're paying those investments off in seven, eight, ten years. It's starting to get longer as we as we take on bigger projects now, but but we're on a on a solid plan to to achieve that carbon neutrality by twenty forty. Mm-hmm. Where you've served as as sort of the proof of concept, what are you doing, or what can you do as a university to help the broader community understand what you've done and how it could potentially be something they could do as well? Yeah, that is uh, that is something that we're really passionate about, and we've worked on that in a, in a number of ways. Uh, uh, we've, tr- we've tried to uh, infuse our curriculum across all kinds of programs with uh, the concepts of sustainability. We have a hundred and whoops, we have 162 courses now on campus that that incorporate these concepts. We have a new energy engineering program that's coming online to help produce workforce to go out and work for. Um, municipalities, school districts, universities, major corporations to help them achieve these same types of savings. But we're also working very closely with Ogden City. Uh, they're involved in in the plan across the state, the Community um, Energy uh, Reinvestment Renewable Energy Act. And uh, we're advising them on how they can achieve these same types of savings. And then we do just uh, projects for people in their homes to, you know, be able to exchange light bulbs for LED light bulbs and gas and on mowers and leaf blowers. You know, the more people can electrify everything, uh, it puts out less emissions and, and electricity can be regenerated with uh, renewable resources. So it's a, it's a positive development that we're trying to take, not just on campus, but throughout all of the community. Yeah. Uh, President, it sounds like one of the lessons to share here is that you mentioned there's there's been a plan in place for a while, and you've sort of incrementally done this. You've been able to, as you built new buildings, make sure they're energy efficient, and then put some of these things in piece by piece. It sounds like that's one of the biggest lessons here is that you don't really have to do it all at once, but with a sustained effort, you can actually make a big difference, not only in your environmental impact, but on your bottom line, if you just put in and have the discipline to, to put that plan into practice. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it took some, some hard work up front, both to develop the plan and then to develop the baseline of what we were spending and how much energy we were using. But but we've advised other universities. We've advised major corporations across the state. Uh, we hold a conference. It's the largest um, sustainability conference in Utah every March. Um, we're doing it this March 16th to 18th. Um, it's all virtual. Um, it's the Intermountain Sustainability Summit, and folks are welcome to check that out and participate and, and learn more about all these conversations with experts from across the Intermountain West and the country and the world. Yeah. Well, President Mortensen, thanks for your leadership at Weber State and for your leadership on this, on this uh, I don't know, issue, project, the, the way you're going about this. Thanks so much uh, for all you're doing for the university and for our state. Thanks. Thanks, Marty. Um, shout out to our team that, that really does the hard work on this at Weber State and appreciate the chance to share that more broadly on the show with you today. I appreciate it. Brad Mortensen is the president of the Weber State University, and uh, we appreciate his insight. Uh, all right. Coming up next, how do we best prepare young people for the jobs of tomorrow and how can we direct them to the career that they know they'll love or one that they'll succeed in? We're going to talk with an expert on career and technical education and the impact it's having in our state when we come back on Inside Sources right after this. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. 
but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.